Hey, what's good, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. That I'm Jason. That dude's Mr. Fornicari. That dude's Mr. McLean. And the episode starts right now. What's good, Robbie? What's good, Mark? Nothing much, man. What's good with you? I'm good, man. Yo, this is Sports Debate Tuesday along with my man, Rob. Keep it McLean. McLean. I'm Jason DeBeers, and this is our guest for this episode because we got a lot to talk about, a lot of favorite subject matter. This is volleyball extraordinaire, multiple-time regional winner, and most recently this year, Pottstown Rumble finalist, Mark Fornicari. Thanks for coming on the show, Mark. We got a lot to talk about. We got some football. We had um, the last mixed martial arts event of the year. Um, Derek Lewis ending in spectacular fashion, right? <laughs> I mean, brings, right, brings, um, uh, um, new meaning to the term knockout, but first things first. All right. So, guys, with the NFL season, when the NFL started this this season, it seemed like we had a projection on how the playoff picture would look. We, you know, Kansas City starting all of a sudden, Kansas City starts poorly out of the block. Right. The Titans beat the Bills and then they lose to the Jets. The Bills beat KC and then lose to the Jags, a team that has that didn't even win on this continent, for Christ's sakes. All right. Tampa beating the best teams in the NFC, but losing to the Saints twice, most recently getting shut out. Tom Brady, first time he got shut out since 2016. And all of this turned out to be a recipe for a hot mess. But as the blame game starts to happen and heads start to roll, here's the question. It usually goes to the coach, right? If you win, it's the players. If you lose, it's the coach. So Rob's going to go first. Mark, you're going you're gonna to answer this second. But the question is this. Which coach is, which coach's job is in the most trouble? Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned the Saints. Beating, Sorry. Uh, I mentioned, you mentioned the Saints beating uh, Tampa twice. Um, but I think it's Sean Payton, and it's not necessarily because of this year. I know this is the first year without Drew Brees, but um, you know that that team has everything they need need on defense to be successful. All they needed was one quarterback and Michael Thomas to be successful on offense, and somehow that team still remains to be an okay team. I mean, they have the right. best defense. I think they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they still can't get it done. Uh, Jameis Winston is supposed to be their guy. Even when he was playing well, or even when he was not injured, he still was not playing well. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to go with the Saints uh, with, with uh, Sean Payton just because they need a change of, of scenery, even though they still have all the pieces they need, but they need to infuse something new with that team. So I'm going to have to go with the Saints on this one. Uh, we got both ears now, Rob. Yes, sir. You going with the Saints on this one? Yeah, Saints on this one, man. You think Peyton's job's in, in trouble? I do. I do. It's been too many years of just, okay, you know, and at, at a certain period, it's like Martin Schottenheimer, you know, at a certain period, it's like, okay, it's not enough. They need to win. They need to not just make the playoffs or just beat some great teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Sean Payton on this one. Mark? Um, I mean, that's a good good call, too. Um, the obvious choice, I would say, would be Nagy, but I'm not going to pick Nagy. I'm going to say, as a Panthers fan, I'm going to say Matt Rule. Wow. And the reason 
why is I think he just wasn't proven at this at this level, kind of like Urban Meyer. And you've given him two years now. He's draft the first year he drafts all defense. So you're thinking, you know, we got this great defense now. And through the first about, you know, six, seven games, we looked great. We had a great defense. And now just where did it go? And then the whole fiasco with the Darnold firing Joe Brady and then taking Cam on. And then you, Cam has one little good spark where he's coming in as a backup. Now all of a sudden you want to start Cam. And it's just gone downhill. And, and he just can't seem to figure it out. And it's just a mess. And then you got Tepper, one of the biggest owners with the most amount of money. I just feel like he's on the hot seat where Tepper can get rid of him at any time and just start this whole process over again. So I think he he's he might he might go, even though they, you know, give every rookie coach three years pretty much. Yeah, look, for me, I like what you said because sometimes when you get rid of the head coach, it's probably because you're cleaning house, right? Break out the squeegee, right. broom, mop, dustpan, right? Get the pledge on the tables, you know, get the whatever, get the um, Murphy oil soap. Just clean house totally. So I love, I love your choice on Matt Rule. Sean Payton, I don't know how long this guy's going to be a made man before the people decide or whatever. But for all the reasons that you didn't go with, with Matt, with Matt Nagy, Nagy is the same reason why I'm going with Matt Nagy, okay? He's a pretty good coach. He had a pretty, uh, he, he understands the game right away. And he's been a coach the whole time he's been a player. And those that can't do teach, right? He couldn't make it in the NFL, didn't get drafted. And here we are. His first season, he's 12 and 4. And then we got eight and eight, eight and eight, and then what we got going here. But in this win now league, it's not as bad as the NBA. All right, the NBA, you got guys who are voted coach of the year that lose their job. <laughs> who's that? Who's that guy? That, David that Blatt. Guy, that guy, he, he got coach of the year, right? Yeah. And then lost his job. So, so um, oops, sorry. Let's do that. So for me, it's Nagy because when he had a choice to go with the veteran, the sure shot, Andy Dalton, and he chose to go Justin Fields, you're basically telling your fans and you're telling the, the football faithful, I'm willing to bet my job that I'm right on this one. He, he bet his job on this one. He lost. He's in big, big, big trouble. So, I mean, since we already tackled this subject matter faster than McGregor versus Aldo, um, let me ask another question. Besides Bill Belichick, who do you think is kind of a made man in the NFL right now? Uh, and what, what sense do you mean by that? Meaning they can survive some mistakes, a debacle season. I'll bring, it, I'll bring it to my G-man, man. <laughs> I, yep. I think a lot of it has to do with the owner and coach relationship. Because, again, you think owner gm you know you don't think owner coach but there's a lot of owners that are very involved with their coaches uh, yeah let's say jerry jones and, uh, and mike mccarthy i think mike mccarthy is never going to be on a hot seat until he has a losing season right you know yeah um, but yeah i think joe judge because um the the ownership was really involved with their uh with their choice on him and uh yeah i've, I've heard even through a lot of through a lot of sources that um he won't lose his job this year next year or the year after because he is so close and they think that they've gotten a, a you know a replica of bill belichick and it takes time to build a system that's why i'd say it's almost i think they should have time i think it shouldn't be like the nba where you know they they they're losing they're out you know because you look at you got to look at the roster you got to look at you know if they drafted certain players yeah but 
you know, did they did they do well drafting those players? It's not always on the coach. That's on the GM, you know. So they are sometimes exclusive, but they're not always mutually excuse, exclusive where the GM and the coach lose their job. So I think a lot of it just has to do with how uh, much the owner is involved in that coaching hire and that and, that, and those coaching choices. But, uh, yeah, I think Joe Judge is definitely up that list of mm. he could do everything wrong and probably not get fired. Yeah. For me, um, Mark, you're going to go next on this one. For me, I go... I go Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's worst season was eight and eight. I remember a season he had Big Ben Roethlisberger. Didn't have Big Ben. Didn't have Le'Veon Bell. Didn't have Antonio Brown, and still finish eight and eight. And I think if he has one losing season, he's gonna he's gonna be allowed a pass. And if you consider the the culture of how they hire people and how long they keep those coaches during the NFL Super Bowl era, they've only had three coaches. They had I think it was Noel and Bill Cowher and him. Mm-hmm. So um, he's the one that seems the most um, safe. Um, Mark? I go Andy Reid. I mean... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> he can literally do anything. I mean, his kids have done everything under the book, and the guy has got, you know... <laughs> He's like, what else do I need to say? <laughs> yep. All right. I like that he one. Could, he could have a 1-15 season next year with Mahomes, and he'd still be back. Yeah. One- wow. It's true. What a, but what a crazy season, right? I mean, a few weeks ago, Kansas City was last. You're wondering if they're even going to make the playoffs. But because everyone keeps beating the hell out of each other in the AFC, here they stand on this Monday, pre-recorded the Tuesday, first place. Nice. So we, we got to jump right out of this because I asked a very, very long MMA question that might, re, might require some elaboration or just, or just one or two sentences, okay? Uh, we move on to MMA more specifically. We move on to the UFC. All right. What a year the UFC has had, guys. Look, there are three sure things in life. There's death, taxes, and the UFC. President Dana White, if I were a betting man, picked up the biggest promotion piece of advice any promoter in combat sports should pick up. The show will go on. So the show has gone on from signing big talent to, pop, to getting popular venues, Abu Dhabi, and defeating even the COVID, COVID, uh, the pandemic itself, right? They were pretty much the only major sport, or well, close to a major sport, that kept on churning uh, when everybody else had to shut down and when, you know, it, eventually in the NBA had their little, you know, their little bubble, which, by the way, is like 354 players, zero positive tests, so big up to the NBA for that. Um, <laughs> not so well now, but um, that's a whole other story. So now... Um, with the last card in the year of the books, literally ending with a bang. You remember, I'm Derek Lewis. Um, let's have some fun. So, Rob, Mark, these questions are going to be, um, there's four questions. What is your fighter of the year? What is your fight of the year? What is your KO of the year? And what is your submission of the year? I'm going to go first because we're all going to do one category to, uh, together. So, my fight of the year. Sorry, which one was first? Fighter. All right. So, fighter of the year for me is Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman, um, had, if you remember a year ago, had a match with Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal took it last minute. He wanted a fresh Jorge Masvidal to make a statement, and he made a statement. He faced a guy, um, uh, Gilbert Burns. Who, who absolutely smothered Tyron Woodley at the time. Tyron Woodley, we thought, was still something, right? Um, 
and then he finished him. And then Kobe Covington, and I'm almost another match of the year candidate. I mean, I don't even know what was better. It was like Kobe Covington's heart or like Camaro's, you know, uh, ability to finish after Kobe came back. You know, that was that was like a Stone Cold Steve Austin match against Bret Hart. Like everyone loves Bret Hart, but then Stone Cold, you know, didn't tap out, and then he he's unconscious, and all of a sudden he's got fans, and everyone's booing Bret Hart. So I mean, Kobe Covington did something really, really weird in losing the effort, and that's my match of the year. Yeah, boys. Um, for, that's Mark. Sorry, it's Mark. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. He's right there. Sorry. You want? Do you want match of the year? Um, fighter of the year first. I gotta go with Usman too. Yep. I mean, there's there's no real way around it. Yep. I like that. Um, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Usman had a great year. I, I think uh, Thorg Rose also had a fantastic year. You know, if we're gonna switch genders at least, but um, you know, Oliveira also had a great year. You know, I think any one of those three could be at the top. But um, I would just say it kind of hurt his stock almost, Usman, that he didn't finish Colby when I really do think he could have finished him. He just didn't want to keep hitting a broken man's nose, you know, and uh, a broken man's jaw. It's just uh, so I feel like that almost hurt him a little bit where Oliveira stopped everybody he's been in front of, you know, Rose upset two people that have been fantastic fighters and she stopped them. So. I think uh, it's it's up up for debate, but one of those three are great for me. I like that. I like that. So we got Usman, Usman, and who you got, Rob? Uh, I'll go with Rose. I'll go Rose. Yeah, yeah. Doug Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Rose. <laughs> Doug Rose. All right. So now we go fight of the year, and this one, um, you're gonna go first, Mark. What's your fight of the year? You, a lot of us might be a prisoner of the moment, but let's do it. In- you kind of got to go with what's last in your brain. And I think, you know, the, the, the crappy thing was only three rounds, but I think Chandler versus Gaethje was just, Whoa. you know, yep. through the thing and let's just sit in the pocket, just trade. I mean, if we could have got two more rounds of that, it probably would have been one of the greatest fights ever, but. Wow. You're right, dude. Robbie. Uh, for me, I, I actually liked uh, Davidson Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno. Number one. Yeah, that was my, my my favorite fight. That that was. Well, you're gonna have to pick number two because that for that was nah. December last year. The first one was December. I thought so. it was uh, this year. Yeah, so. but yeah, that's 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 mine. Is I like Figueroa Moreno. That was definitely mine. I'm pretty sure it was this year, but I like that for fight of the year because I think that that um that really kind of saved the flyweight division, right? You get rid of Demetrius, you send TJ down there, give him marching orders to get rid of the division. Cejudo says, screw off. In fact, he leaves. I'm, and, and, and then this division, which it looked like they were trying to get rid of, you know, this dude saved Comes that back. division. That was, that was both of those were. Yeah. Mac, Fet, Mac, Davidson Ferrego, Figueredo is a tough out on Mark. So for me, my fight of the year, I'm going to go Thug Rose against Zhang. Not that the rematch, not not the one where she kicked her in the head and finished her the first round. The rematch was awesome because it goes to the fifth round, and there were definitely two rounds when they were beating the hell out of each other. Where you're like, I love this match, and it's like Rob. So who won that round? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so my my fighter my fight of the year, I, um, um, you know who runs the world? Girls, girls. So I go with the ladies on that one, Zhang and um, Thug Rose of uh, yeah, Rose Namajunas. So who? What is your KO of the year? Uh, Rob McLean, you go first on this one, and then you go um, mark your after him. Uh, mine was uh, Buckley and uh, Kasagni, the the spinning back kick. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Was, what else was, do you need to say? That was the best, wow. probably the best KO I've seen in a very, very long time. You know, very unexpected. 
It wasn't even a, you know, it was, I think it was prelims or uh, right yeah. at the top, right, right at yeah. the beginning of a main car. But, yeah, it was unbelievable fight and crazy finish. Yeah, it, it made ESPN's thing. Right. Um, uh, top 10, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Mark? I just go, since it's the biggest and the most notable, I go Fourier knocking out McGregor. And that's just because everyone was watching and everyone knew the next day what happened. And uh, might not have been the flashiest, but mm-hmm. McGregor hadn't been stopped in the UFC yet. Yeah. Uh, only submitted. So to see him get knocked out, you thought, man, this guy could get choked out. He, his gas tank could go, but could he ever get knocked out? His chin was so good. And put him on his rear end. Wow. Yeah, he got knocked out cold too, right? Mm-hmm. He got slept for a minute and then had to get back up. So that's a good one, dude. All right, my knock. I, I'd like to be a prisoner of the moment, guys, and say my knockout of the year was Derek Lewis against um, uh, Del Kiss, uh Yes, last uh, last week over the weekend. But I do have Derek Lewis on the brain, so I got to go back early, early, early this year. Derek Lewis knocked out Curtis Blades. It was the, one of the scariest things I've ever seen because he knocked him down. And then he, when he knocked him down, he like all of his weight hit him one more time before the ref got there. It was, guys, it was brutal. And you know how you have, Curtis Blades had like one arm up like this, like frozen or whatever. It was one of the gnarliest things you ever see as far as, even for combat sports. So, you know, I mean, we can go boxing. We can go this weekend too with Woodley, but <laughs> that was terrible. Um, so last but not least. What is your submission of the year? I'm going to go first on this one. My submission of the year is Vincent Luque. Now, Vincent Luque had a nasty submission over Tyron Woodley uh, um, earlier in the year. And then he fought Michael Chiesa, who's like a very, very, very good grappler who walks around 190, who, who basically bullies everybody on the cage against the cage and eventually wins his matches by submission this time he got submitted i go vincent luke over mikey chiesa um let's go mclean um <clears throat> i mean i got jamil hill and uh paul craig um just because i mean hill is a hype train and craig just you know he he planned to oh, submit jamal him hill yeah and he submitted him you know um i like that i gotta take that but i also you gotta give credit to you know nunez and, and pena because it's the submission that wasn't a submission she and submitted right away dude yeah that, she didn't even right. get she, anything she submitted in. right away guys she didn't right even get anything in. yeah so you gotta have you gotta give credit to that you know that's that's the the greatest finish or the greatest finish in women's history at this point so yeah, you know, gotta give gotta give credit where credit's due. Yeah. So I was gonna say Pena and Nunez, but I'll give you another one. Um, I'm gonna go Chimayev. Yes. Wow. I, the comeback from COVID. He's finally facing a ranked top 15 fighter, and he just submits Lee and just throws him around like ragdoll, and just basically boys with him and then submits him. I mean, that guy, this guy might be on a whole nother level. Um. Yeah, I mean it was. Yep. <laughs> you wanted? Is there a thought you wanted to finish on that, or did that? Was that a wrap? <laughs> you know, personally, I think the hype is real. I, I think this guy could sleep Usman. Yeah. I mean, he he he's he's the hype is for sure real. I like that. Yep. All right, cool. Well, for for now, um, that wraps up MMA. That wraps up the UFC. And now we go to our NFL pick six. Uh, Mark Fonacari took our challenge this week. He was three and two. 
um, Iowa is three and two, and Bobby McGee was four and one. All three of us were colossally wrong about the Bucks got shut out. Yeah, you know, but um, Tom Brady got shut hey, out first time since two thousand six. You lose your top two receivers, you can't account for that. Yeah, I'm and sorry. of course, uh, pick six. We didn't have a six because I believe Seattle and the Rams got moved to tomorrow night. Too so soon. we're gonna know more about that. So Mark, thanks for t- participating in our in our in our pick six challenge. But ladies and gentlemen, we got a repeat offender. Mark's going to do it again. So here is our NFL pick six. Let's start with the Niners. San Francisco 49ers versus the Tennessee Titans. Mark. Niners. Niners? Yep. I'm going to go Titans. I like the way they're playing. If this game were in San Francisco, I'd go Niners, but i got to go Titans. They, they play really good in colder weather, and particularly at home, and Garoppolo is going to be uncomfortable. Um, pick six, number two. Let's go Cleveland Browns at the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go first on this one. This game is at Lambeau. Um, Baker Mayfield might not clear COVID protocol for this Tuesday's game or for tonight's game, but I think he'll be ready. But I don't think it's going to be enough. This man is playing at MVP uh, uh, level. He just he just is. And, and I can't bet against Rodgers right now, especially at Lambeau Field. I can't do it. Um, sorry, go ahead. You go. Packers? Cool. Yeah, got to be Packers. I mean, they were down, what, 14 points this week, and then they came back and, and it almost looked like they were cruising to the game. So, yeah, they're they're definitely going to be top seed in the NFC this, week, this, uh, this year. Yeah. So, yep. So, all three of us Packers, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, next one, we go with the Colts, Indianapolis Colts at the cards. The Colts uh, victors over the New England Patriots. A pretty good win for them. Wentz is playing pretty good ball. And this Jonathan Taylor dude is like a runaway train. So um, who you got? I got the Colts. Too good on the ground. Cards look uh, suspect on defense last weekend. So I go Colts. Yeah, same deal. Uh, Colts are finally picking up some steam. They're finally playing better. And Wentz is playing great football. we got to give him credit. Yeah. I, it's hard to pick the Cardinals after watching what happened this weekend. <laughs> I mean, Detroit, Detroit. seems to just... <laughs> um, cards are the host, but D-Hop with D-Hop out for a while. They It certainly hampers these close games. And a game that I thought originally the Colts would win close, but I don't think this one's going to be close. Um, let's go game number four. We got the my Buffalo Bills. Am I still wearing a hat? Is that, is that what's wrong with this podcast? I was like, something didn't feel right. I got caught wearing a Bills hat. So I'll go first on this one. Hey, 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 hey. Buffalo ain't winning this game. <laughs> when the beginning of the season, I, picked, I said I was going to pick Buffalo every single week because I thought they're going to win 13 games, and I was happy being right 13 out of 17 times. But the Patriots are the exception to win the rule, and now the Buffaloes officially again become their beat-up toy. And I think the Patriots repeat what they ha- what happened a couple of weeks ago, albeit barely or by a lot. Going to run the ball down their throats. I picked New England. I'm taking the Bills. Yes. Yes. Oh, Someone gotta, someone gotta be on, you know, have my back when I don't have my own back. God damn it, bro! You gotta look, you gotta look at the way they played the last two weeks. Um, I mean, all close they, games, yeah. They played Tampa the last week, right? Mm-hmm. And they played, they played them tough, and then they beat the crap out of the Panthers yesterday. They did. And uh, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of think they're they're starting to get momentum. Yeah, I am. Um, right. And the other thing I remember, too, is there were some non-pass interference calls that happened with the Buffalo Bills three times and then, right? 
swallow your whistle on one, throw the flag for Brady, and and he wins in overtime. So I that's a very good pick. You I might change my mind, but I can't for the show. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Pats, not because I'm a habitual Pats picker, but for me, I don't like the way the Bills play. You know, no matter if it's a close game, let's talk about how the score is. They're down. T- 15 to 20 points before halftime, right? You cannot do that against a team that is a legitimate playoff team. Yeah. So no matter how many times they're going to come back, no matter how many times they're going to make it close, you got to have it at least even at halftime. And I just don't see that from them week in and week out. I was waiting yeah. for them just give me one game that they're going to be crushing it, not against the Panthers, but against like a legitimate playoff team where they had four out of, five, four out of the last six weeks, they played a legitimate playoff team, and they kind of just shit the bed. So they really did. I'm gonna have to go with the pass and keep it safe. Yeah, I like that. So now we go to our game five, guys. We go to hmm, we go to the Ravens visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob McLean, you go first on this one. Man, and this one's hard to pick, but I, I'm still gonna have to go with the Bengals on this one. I'm gonna take my chances because I just don't believe in what the Ravens are doing. Like, you can't lean on Lamar that much, and Lamar's not even going to be there. You can't lean on Tyler Huntley like that. Like, teams are going to game plan now for Tyler Huntley, not maybe Lamar, maybe Tyler Huntley. They're going to game plan for him. They're going to shut him down, and that defense doesn't really pick up the slack for them, let's just say, at this moment. So I'm going to have to go with the with the, with the the Bengals because I think they're just going to blow out some points and, and, and make them feel it. So that's my pick for this week. I think for all those reasons, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think the Ravens uh, have have decided that they're going to take chances on sink or swim. I think their coach trusts in them, and and they betrayed the coach the, on two different occasions on, yep. for the same reason. And they, I I I know every Monday morning quarterback Mark um, is going to say, "Oh, I would have kicked the field goal, or I would I would have done a kick the field goal to tie or whatever." But you can ask anybody. When I was on Twitter, I was like, "This one you got to kick." This one you got to kick, and yeah. um, and I'm, dude, I'm always for a go for it on fourth Same. or whatever. I'm, but but in this case, I didn't like that right. call. But because he made the wrong call, and because everybody had their, his back, and because he didn't get a lot of blowback for it, I think there's this freeing thing in tight tight game situations that allows them to flow. And I think they're going to beat Cincinnati for that reason. Mark, I like the Ravens. Just yep. same. <laughs> They mold, and, and even if they don't have Lamar, they proved yesterday that they could hang with the, the Packers, get out to a lead. Um, I just don't trust Cincinnati. I mean, they're the most up-and-down team, I swear. Uh, you uh, never yep. know what you're going to get. <laughs> Rob's like, uh, uh, Rob goes, uh, uh. Yeah. I'll take a I pocket mean, quarterback over or whatever they bring in in that, in that, in that team. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. Mark, go ahead and finish yeah, but the Bengals drive me crazy. Maybe it's just because I got Jamar Chase in my fantasy team. They threw him the ball like one time yesterday. True. So, um, I don't know. The Bengals, they're just all over the place. I mean, so are the Ravens. But I, I do like that they put up, you know, 30-plus points on the Packers, who probably most people in fantasy started as a defense for the Ravens against him. So, I'm, I'm just going to leave at the Ravens. I mean, it's probably the hardest game to pick. Yeah, 100%. This or the next one. Yeah, so guys, last last one. Um, this one, Mark, you're going to lead the dance on. We have Washington, that, that Washington football team against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Fornicari. I got to go to the Cowboys. I mean, I Washington has been playing really well, but I don't know if they can put up enough points to hang with the Cowboys. Um, 
So I'm going Cowboys. My yeah. That's okay. You can get different stripes and varieties, my man. Um, me, I think I'm going to go with the Washington football team. I'm, I got to have a little upset special. Um, if Ron Rivera decides he wants this to be a shootout, he deserves everything he has and he's going to lose. But I don't think that's the route he's going. I think he's going to try to keep pound the ball. I think he's going to use the clock as much as he can. Try to keep Dak, try to keep these these speedy wide receivers on the bench. And if there's anyone that's good strategically against the Cowboys, it's always been Ron Rivera, even when he coached with the Panthers. So I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with the Washington football team. Bobby? Yeah, Washington's got nothing to lose. I mean, the world, everything's up for them. You know, Wait a lose, minute. They, Wait a minute. Oh, what yeah. are you doing? Oh, yeah. Because this is <laughs> exactly what we talked about the other two weeks ago. The reason why they're going to beat who they're going to beat the next two weeks is because you have to set up the drama. You have to set up. I mean, for the last three weeks, they've been calling each other out saying the skill players got to do better. Oh, Dak's got to do better. Oh, the coach isn't ready. The coach is guaranteeing a win. This is literally <laughs> the same exact Cowboys where it's just like, if you guys are good enough, then win. You ain't got to tell everybody else. You ain't got to bring it outside the locker room. Win. Or go home. And yeah. I think they're going to lose. I don't think it's going to hurt their playoff chances, but I yeah. think that all this pressure they put on themselves, it just shoots you in the foot and it creates uh, bulletin board material for the other team. So it's going to be Washington this week. You know, Stephen A. Smith always says, some way, somehow, when you count on them, they will let you down. And I don't think that winning the NFC title is that moment where they're going to let them down. I think... The home playoff game is where they're going to have this position to win. And the fans are just going to be... Look, I sound like the biggest Cowboy hater, Mark, but I don't hate the Cowboys. I don't hate them as much as I hate their annoying fan base. Look, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. We have some passionate fans too. But you never, ever hear Buffalo Bills uh, win like four games and our fans say we're going to the Super Bowl. Or like every game, this is def- defines our season. This is a season-defining moment. I'm like, Jesus Christ, shut up, dude. You know, who's your team? Well, I grew up a Bears fan, and okay. I'm a Panthers fan. So yeah. I, would, I would say the Panthers, but we're both in a bad spot. <laughs> both in a bad We are. So, Not worse than me. <laughs> so right now, again, we are all, you're, we're both three and two, Mark. Um, Rob's four and one tonight. Um, I don't have who you picked. I think you picked the Rams, Seahawks, right? Over the Seahawks. Oh yeah, the Rams. You did too, right? Yeah. Was that stupid? I gotta go back on the tape to see if I was the I was the lone wolf. Cause a runner comes to Russell Wilson. Arr, call me a lone wolf. Arr. Isn't he not even playing? <laughs> He's like, wait, is he playing? <laughs> All right, so that wraps up pick six. Mark, thanks for doing this again. You're the first repeated offender in the history of our show, and hopefully to have more more capable personalities like yourself. But for now, I bring you my favorite topic. Ladies and gentlemen, we go to shame. Or not to shame. 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 Okay, let's shuffle to our time clock. Let's do this. How does it work like this? Boom. All right, guys, we're all here. To shame or not to shame? Kind of unique question. So, Rob, keep it McLean McLean. Mark Fornicari. To shame or not to shame? Tyron Woodley gets KO'd by Jake Paul. Are these unconventional exhibitions bad for the sport of boxing 
or bad for MMA. So Rob, is it shame on MMA or is it shame on boxing or shame on neither? Uh, Mark, Rob's going to go, sorry, Mark, Rob's going to go first on this one. And Rob, go. Yeah, so <clears throat> I don't think it has any shade on, on MMA at all. Uh, this is an MMA fight. Tyron Willie's not even an MMA fighter anymore. He was an MMA fighter. I think the big shame is on boxing, not just for allowing this to happen, but for allowing an exhibition fight to call, to to allow more people and more fans to be interested in boxing than your actual boxing matches. They do a horrible job of uh, of of showing advertisements, of getting people involved, getting people to want to watch boxing, and then you allow these these influencers to 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 hop on a, a sanctioned boxing ring and then you know out basically out card your high like Lomachenko fought two weeks ago you remember that no yeah, no like, <laughs> wow it's like it's right. crazy but then we're talking about Woodley and, and 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 whoever this guy is who's not a boxer who uh like Woodley is 0-2 in boxing career like the people he's fought have less than five fights total so right. it's kind of a, a travesty and, and this is just where boxing is going it's just there's no fans you need money this is what's going to happen. Yep. Mark? I think it's shame on neither. I'm, I say it brings eyes to the sport. Um, but also, I was kind of hearing what Rob's saying, and I kind of agree with him in some regards. I think it helps bring eyes on boxing. It's not the greatest look. But then I also remember back to when Mayweather was the loudest and biggest and boldest all the eyes were on him to get knocked out. So it's kind of the same with Jake Paul, everyone who wants to see the loud mouth get knocked out. Um, so I think once Jake Paul actually gets starched by somebody, if he, they actually put somebody in front of him that could do that, I think all the buzz will go off of the influencers. But I think it brings eyes to the sport. Right, I like that. So, so for me, and I, I like, first of all, Rob, I like your take and Mark, um, I like your take. And for me, I'm going to actually let, I'm going to let the horn honk for a minute because <laughs> I like to listen to the horn honk. There you go. Time's up. So for me, guys, my stance on this was timeline based. When Conor McGregor fought um, Floyd Mayweather, right? Guy at the end of his career, MMA guy trying his hand and, and whatever. I was like, it's good for both sports. It's good for whatever, good to bring attention to boxing. But the more MMA starts sending fighters to boxing and the more they just keep getting starched, I think it's bad for MMA because right now there's no reciprocative give and take uh, from the boxing people, right? To my knowledge, only three boxers have crossed over and fought in an MMA cage. And I only really remember one. Randy Couture fought James Tony where Randy, Randy ankle picked him and then and got him on the ground and submitted him. And I think the more MMA fighters start sending people to boxing and boxing not sending people back, the more people start talking about the, not, not the diehards and not, not the purists, but the more it's, it sheds a bad light on like how MMA, who originally looked like they were just playing with house money, right? Uh, they, they, they got nothing to lose and everything to gain. It's not their sport because that's how I felt in the beginning, the same way you did. But... Right now, the only fighter that beat a boxer was Vitor Belfort. You know, Vitor Belfort beat um, um, Holyfield. Hmm. So, yeah, I got to go shame. Before it was shame on neither. 
now it's kind of, it's leaning more towards shame on, on MMA. They can't keep sending their fighters and sending the message that, you know, boxing is, is, is superior when boxing is not sending anybody to them and doing eight-point striking. You know, no, no modified rules. Rob, sorry? I'm not thinking that. I don't think that they're thinking that boxing is superior. I mm-hmm. just think that um, <clears throat> my, my real issue is that there are so many boxers that we don't talk about. Yes. So many boxers that we don't Dude, talk about. That yes. would literally walk through Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. Like, let's stop acting like Tyron Woodley is a legit competitor because he play, he did a different sport for his entire life. And he was bad at it. Like, I'm sorry, he was a bad MMA fighter for a very long time. All we talked... Just say it if you want to. (laughs) What? (laughs) He was a champion, sure. Yeah. But he was a champion because he did what? He had an overhand right that he never used until he became a counterpuncher. Let's just look at the fights. It wasn't like he had crazy output. It's not like he brought people down. Same thing with Ben Askren. We're saying he's an MMA fighter. He was literally a wrestler. He's one-dimensional. Exactly. Even more so so than Woodley, though. At least Woodley. Like, right, Ben Askren. Like, Mark, right, Ben Askren wasn't knocked. I don't think he has a victory via KO on his whole thing. Uh, I mean, at least, you know, Woodley used used it. I think you're right. I think he was a wrestler that fell in love with his, that fell in love with his right hand. And you see a lot of, Mark, in the MMA, you see a lot of fighters like that right so sorry go ahead Rob but I'm just saying like put if you're gonna take MMA fighters and put them against an exhibitionist fighter in boxing that's even playing field because Mm -hmm. neither of them have done boxing so they're basically trying their hand at the same thing you put a boxer in front of somebody who's trying to be a boxer we're gonna see if they're a boxer you can't put retired MMA fighters Mm -hmm. in front of a boxer and expect them to know more or to be the only thing that they have better Mm -hmm. is just a mindset, the understanding what's it's going to take. That's yeah. it. And you can train that into somebody in five months. I'm sorry, you can. And yeah. one-dimensional fighting in boxing is just what it, what it is. There's the little intricacies that you can beat people with, but MMA, the reason why it is what it is is because you have to go through every facet to get better. Yeah. And if you're only good with your hands, you will fail. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you're asking somebody who's not only good with their hands to be only good with their hands and restricted from using everything else they've trained for you're basically beating a dead horse at that point yeah so that's just where i'm like you're destroying the idea of mma but you're giving everything to boxing and boxing is getting nothing back from it because at the end of the day these are short short-term eyes Mm-hmm. They may be eyes, but they're yep. short-term eyes. Yep. They're not going to be there for the long term. They're just here for the voice. Yep. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to help either of them. And I think MMA is going to come away with it because they're growing and boxing is shrinking. Agreed. And this is just a way to get eyes back. Somewhere. Yeah, Mark, Mark, you wanted to add something to that? Something? I mean, it is eyes, though. Boxing's always been tough. And I think the biggest problem with boxing and viewership is that for the diehards like us, we want to see those mega fights. We want to see the Crawford fight. Um, we want to see Earl Spence. You know, we want to see those fights, but we can't get them because there's too many promoters with their hand in the pot and they can't put their egos aside and get together and make these matchups where the UFC can. So I think it's always her box. Dana White, huh? And, and at least in this these one-off scenarios... Jake Paul can call out a name and actually put up enough money to get the other person in the ring with him. So it's like I, we, boxing needs to get, to get more eyes back on the mainstream fights. 
you got to have these big fights happen. Right. Can't get just heavyweight division where Fury, and now look what we're having with Fury. Right. Can't get Usyk because Joshua wants 50 mil. Hmm. So we we want to get these mega fights, but it's just how do we get them with different promoters and different TV deals and all that. Yeah, and I think what Rob was alluding to is if the, the oversaturation of that makes it where real boxers who have been putting putting in the real work and who and, and if people just show some concentration can really be entertainers, uh, um, you know, through through performance and, and this and that. And Rob, you're right. At some point, this guy's going to fight like actor Jeremy Piven and it's going to make more money than a real boxer. And, and, that's the, and that's the danger. It already is. That's and, the and that's problem the danger. with MMA. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. McGregor made twice as much money as probably all the uh, UFC fighters combined in one fight, mm-hmm. right? I don't care how much money you make in boxing. That doesn't mean that boxing is going to come back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's nope. just, I, I, that's where I'm like, it's either you're about the business of the sport or you're about the fights of the sport. And the problem is, yeah, the promoters for sure. But at the end of the day, the boxers still got to say yes. And what's the difference between 20 million and 50 million? Like that's, mm, that's right. a travesty. So, yeah. and you got MMA fighters who are fighting a more dangerous sport. It honestly is. And you're getting what, a, an 18th of that price. Agreed. Um, Mark. I think the, the one thing that really needs to happen in boxing to bring back the eyes is you got to get rid of all the belts. Just make one belt. The, the four belts. <laughs> wow. But it's a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger. I mean, you got international. Like, MMA yeah. is pretty USA heavy, you right. know? And you got uh, IMF. You got the, um, you know, you have international. You have USA. You have, you know, um, Russian belt. I mean, you have a lot of belts, but at least that creates, like yeah. what you were saying, the the want to have those bigger fights. Right. At the end of the day, if you only have one belt, then you're going to have what the USC has, which is the intern belt. And this guy sure. is the number three competitor. And, and you make no money off that. You make money you, off of wait, titles. Do you, wait a second. Let me interrupt. Do you guys also mean um, maybe eliminating too many weight classes as far as belts are concerned? No. there's Or, within, just, or just belts in organizations? In organizations. Oh. Right. Okay. All right. Cool. You, two, two would be perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be great. Yeah. And two promotions. Boom. Maybe get an undisputed here and there. And then we and then we move on with life. Hmm. And now we move on with the podcast. That's the end of To Shame or Not to Shame, which I thought was actually a pretty good episode. And let's bring our attention to Rob's favorite quick question. Okay, guys, quick question. Who is the best team in the NBA at the present? Rob. I mean, that's no question. It's easily the Warriors without Clay Thompson. Mark? I say the Suns. I say the Nets. Quick question, guys. Is Rodgers the best quarterback in the history of Green Bay's franchise? Franchise? I'll go first on this one. Absolutely, yes. Rob? Yeah, already. Of course. Yep. Quick question. Are the Knicks in trouble? Marco first. They've always been in trouble. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll go second. In terms of making the playoffs, yeah. In terms of being the Knicks, n- no. It's a normal day. Rob? Yeah, the Knicks have, have, have been in trouble, but they're worse off now than where they were last year. I mean, I was yeah. surprised by their playoff run, and now they're nothing. Yeah. Do you think they overachieved? 
last yeah, year? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. But now you game plan against their number one, which is James, uh, which, which is Randall, and he's not really number one. He might not yeah. even be a number two. Right. Um, obvious quick question here. Travis Hunter uh, is going to play for Deion De- Sanders. He's a number two um, high school draft pick. He's going to play for Deion Sanders at, at Jackson State. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I go thumbs up. Rob? Huge thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, I like that. If you guys remember in the 80s, the NFL used to look at the um, historically black um, universities, you know, for like considering all of those great quarterbacks that came out, you know, great wide Jerry Rice. They used to look for them there. Now it's just all SEC and like power five and good for Dion. Good, good for Dion, guys. Quick question. Urban Meyer is gone. Right move? Or, or should they wait at the end of the season? Mark, sorry. Uh, right move if that's what you're going to do next year. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, this should have had Honestly, I didn't think he should have gotten the job in the first place. Yeah. Um, but there's been turmoil since he's got there, and that's not what you need from a, a losing franchise. You need somebody who's going to inspire. Yeah. I'm one of those guys that say don't wait till the end of the season. If you know right away um, that that's not the direction you want to go and you want to start interviewing and get into like a pre-hiring process and – to add to that, if someone's toxic in your environment that where things are getting worse, he, if you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> uh, Brady got shut out for the first time in, since 2006. Are the Bucks in trouble? I say no. Mark? No. Robbie? Uh, depending on their injuries, I mean, if you don't have two of your top wide receivers, right. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. And Tom, Tom just doesn't have that. There's, yeah, I, I think they're real trouble because Leonard Fournette is not going to carry that team. Tom Brady, yeah, he's great, but he needs somebody to throw to. You can't have three wide receivers. They're going to pick up two no. guys next week off the off the waivers, off of free agency, just to fill those slots. I mean, that's, no, I, gotta I go think with, they're in trouble. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, Godwin's out for the season. Might might be around for the playoffs. Who knows? Um, which team is the biggest roller coaster ride in the NFL as far as? They look like they're winning, then they're losing. They look like they're losing, then they're winning. Um, Rob, you go first. Mm, I'm going to say the Bengals, man. I mean, you yeah. know, one week they, they drop 41 on a team. The next week they drop six. <laughs> you know, like, what's going on? Did he take your team, Mark? Was that your was that yours too? He did, but I'll, I'll, I'll go second pick here. I'm going to go the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, they beat Green Bay, and then they lose to the Lions. I think the Buffalo Bills are continuing to leave leave me head scratching, though I shouldn't. They're they're beating all the teams they're better than, and they're losing to the teams that they have a chance to beat. So I don't – that was my original roller coaster ride, but no, I got to go Titans. Titans are beating these good teams, and then you lose to the Jets. You know, the, uh, talk about head scratchers. All right, quick question. This wasn't on when I sent this to you, so I just added this on. So, uh, Rob and Mark, who is the first division winner when the playoffs come? Who's the first division winner to be gone? Oh, to be gone. Mm. Go ahead, Rob. Um, honestly, I mean, I know we all love them, but I feel like the Packers are going to fail again. I think the Packers are going to fail. I think they're going to be at the top of their game and mm-hmm. expect wins, and they're going to lose. I don't see the Packers making it out of the championship. Mark? You're saying the earliest exit by a division winner? Yes. Uh, I got to go Cowgirls. Yep. Yeah. 
And me, I go Cowboys only because I think Green Bay is going to is probably going to be the one team that has a bye. So I think by default, they're oh. going to they're going to survive that first week. But with I'm saying you know they mm-hmm. play one game, the game that they play their first game, I feel like the Packers are going to lose again, yeah. like they do every yeah. year. They lose the NFC Championship game. So one of the most disappointing ones, Rob, was watching. Like I'm I'm a New York supporter, so I'm a Giants supporter. Watching Aaron Rodgers go 15 and one that year. Right, go fifteen and one that year and lose to the Giants. That, that had to hurt. You know, nah, I mean, felt great. Nah, <laughs> Rob's a, Rob, who's a G-Men fan, said that felt great. Mm. All right, guys, that concludes. Um, quick question. So we have something I I call before we go. I do like kind of a little small shout out on a local level or on or on a national level, and I want to give it up to my man Damian Lillard. When you go to an NBA game. And this has been Dana White's, one of his biggest complaints. Like, and when they're leaving halftime and this and that, and this kid has his hand out, you know, and it would mean everything in the world just for a player to like high five that kid or just put a finger up, acknowledge, hey, how you doing? And then some of these guys, maybe they're concentrating, maybe they're shot, just how some elite athletes play out. But I would like to see more, them do more of recognizing the people who are spending all this money who pay their salary, okay? Because the sponsorship gets the fans there, but the fans have to be able to stand like you. So um, I want to show you guys a picture. This kid, look at this kid. All I want for Christmas is to meet Dame. He comes up to this kid. He gives him something. He pinches the kid's cheek, and the kid does freezes. His and if you saw, let me look at this. Take a look at this kid. This is before he actually froze, because Dame left, and that face. He was still looking forward. He didn't even watch Dame leave. He didn't even watch Dame leave, and, and it meant everything to that kid's world at least at that moment that that kid way into his teenagers possibly into adulthood is going to remember i met damian lillard and he acknowledged me so big shout out to dame so um any shout out anything particular or or are you going to do a rob mclean thing (laughs) hold on wait wait, let me go to rob rob is there anything you'd like to say to the audience before you leave well i was just going to piggyback on that and saying it's it's I think it's more imperative to understand that you will always be a significant other to somebody else. You mm-hmm. know, so you've got to uphold the the things that you that you believe in and the, and the character that you are because you never know who's looking. Just like that, you know, they have onlookers, millions of onlookers all the time, so they have to be that way. But we all have the ten to fifteen people around us in our life that look up to us. So I think it's just to anybody that should that needs to uphold their character or needs to make a way out of a bad place, you know, do it for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Mark? He stumped me with this one. Uh, <laughs> Listen, what Rob says, I'm going to tell you what Rob says before we leave. Rob, just say it. Uh, be happy, be healthy. <laughs> That's what Rob says <laughs> before he leaves. So you, if you have to wrap up like that, then it's a normal week because Rob does that every single episode mark just say any any goodbye just say love peace and hair grease what do you want to say (laughs) you don't get what you want for christmas go buy yourself (laughs) yes yes 
my man <laughs> all right so listen mark might love you guys rob might love you but me i don't like you in fact i can't even stand you all right so for all of you at the lunch line for all of you at starbucks on your ipad or iphone for anyone on their droid or their desktop who runs the world old school old school for my man mark fornicari for my man rob keep it mclean mclean I am Jason DeBiss. This is whatever episode of Sports Debate Tuesday. Stay with me, guys, after my music. But for everybody else, love you out of pieces. We out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.